This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. So glad you are here with me today. I want to share with you something that really inspired me this week. It came to my inbox via Ramit Sethi, who is a marketing guru of sorts. And I don't open all of his emails, but I was really glad I opened this one. The subject was 20 shortcuts for smart people. So I was like, I'm smart. I need shortcuts. I'll open it up. And two or three of the things on this list really moved me. I shared them with a bunch of my clients. They moved them as well. And it's been maybe about a week since I got the email, and it's still really having a positive influence on me and my choices. So I am going to share not only the idea that moved me the most, but how I think we can really leverage it to help us make better choices and faster progress. At the end of today's episode, total side note here, at the end of today's episode, I'm going to be answering some questions that have come to my inbox about my skincare regimen. I know, random aside, but I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, what I do for my own skincare and how it's improved my skin. And I want to address those questions to the podcast audience at large, but I didn't want to do a whole episode on skincare because it's not my area of expertise. So I'm going to tell you about what I'm doing for my skin, how it's helped at the end of today's episode. So if you are curious about that or looking for a way to improve your skin health, I'm going to talk about that at the very end of the episode. But for now, again, I got an email from Ramit Sethi. I'm going to link to the full email in the show notes over on primalpotential.com, but it was about 20 success tips for smart people. And a couple of them really, really moved me. And I think they apply much more broadly towards any goal. But the one that has been sticking with me the most and I'm really excited about was this. If you get tired of walking up a hill, run. The momentum makes it easier. If you get tired of walking up a hill, run. The momentum makes it easier. I think we can all relate to quitting because something feels hard or because we don't think it's working or it's not working as fast as we want to or it just feels like a burden, so we stop. And this idea is instead of stopping, slowing down, making an excuse, making an exception, go faster. Because things usually feel more difficult when we aren't giving it 100%, when we are half in, when our effort is inconsistent at best. And I think we can think about it in terms of, say, learning an instrument. If you practice every once in a while and you're kind of distracted and sometimes you're into it, but sometimes you're not, you're definitely not trying your best, it's going to kind of suck. You're not going to be getting much better. It's going to feel like a chore. You're going to resist it, resent it, not really look forward to practicing. And then probably your interest is going to wane, fade away. It's not going to be very fun. That is how most of us approach our goals. 
That's how most of us feel about our goals. It's a chore. It's a burden. We don't want to do it. We resent it. And so we don't. While we are mentally occupied by the goal and feeling this pressure to achieve it, we're not really getting a return from the focus, from the mindset, because we're not giving our best effort. We are not trying our best. Maybe our effort ranges from maybe a four or a five on a scale of one to 10 to at best a seven or an eight, but we've never gone at it with the full force of our effort. Here's the thing that maybe you can relate to with an instrument or learning a language or something new to you. When you're really putting your effort, best effort, level 10 effort into that practice and you're consistent, you're trying hard, you're going to see improvements pretty quickly. And so your confidence is going to build quickly. It's going to be fun to practice because you see yourself getting better. So then you practice more, you get more consistent, you see more improvement, and that makes it fun. It makes it something you want to do because you see the payoff. If you get tired of walking up a hill, run. We get confused sometimes and think that easing off makes it easier, but it doesn't. It usually makes it harder. We resist and resent it more because we aren't getting to the fun part, which is the results. We aren't getting to the easy part, which is where change begins to become habit and it doesn't take as much effort. We transition from feeling like we have to do something to feeling like we want to do something because it's getting easier and we're seeing the payoff. There is very little that is more exciting or more motivating or more encouraging than seeing results, creating progress, knowing that you did the work and seeing your confidence grow choice by choice, day by day. We tend to see it as a sacrifice when we're not seeing the results. It feels like a burden when we aren't experiencing the payoff. And so we back off even more. We do even less. We're even less consistent. Our effort goes from that five or a six to a three or a four. And then the mental effort is still there. Like in your head, you want the goal, but it's not translating into action. So it it's this cycle of decelerating returns versus a cycle of accelerated returns. So sometimes you need to go faster and harder to build that momentum instead of either staying consistent with inconsistency, staying steady with a level four or five effort, you need to ramp it up, or instead of quitting altogether. So I want you to think about what that looks like for you. If you say, you know what, yeah, I am really tired of walking I am really tired of the pace of my journey to date. What does it look like to run? What does it look like for you and your goal? What does it look like to try harder, to do more, to go faster? Maybe it means cutting back on indulgences or cutting them out completely if you've already mastered cutting back. Maybe it means eliminating excuses and setting a plan and sticking to it, no longer negotiating with yourself. It's going to look different for everybody. But the reality is, it might be time for you to stop walking and start running. And accept the fact that running might in fact be easier than walking. 
a higher level of intensity and effort might be easier than a lower level of intensity and effort because of the momentum, because of the progress, because of the commitment, because you're all in instead of half in, because you no longer have to negotiate over every single decision. The negotiation is over. Now, I'm not saying that everybody needs to run. But if you're tired of walking, try running. Not for a minute or an afternoon or a, you know, three-hour block of intensity, but for a couple weeks to really build that momentum. I was watching a Facebook video the other day about quicksand, of all things. I don't know how it ended up in my feed, but it did. Maybe you've seen it before. The basic premise of the video was that continuous motion can keep you from getting sucked under. And there is this guy in the video standing on top of quicksand, and as long as he kept moving his feet, he wouldn't get sucked under. And I I loved the notion of that, because if he stood in one place, he instantly started to sink. And so many of us are sinking and struggling because we're not moving or because we're not moving fast enough. And then it feels like more of a fight, just like that quicksand. If you're standing there or barely moving, you are going to have to fight against that pull, against that gravity, against that resistance much harder. But if you get some momentum and you stay moving, you will stay on top and you won't have to resist that force pulling you down. So if you are tired of walking, try running because the momentum makes it easier. Don't give up. Work harder. Don't give in. Push on. Instead of dialing the intensity back, dial it up. What does that mean for you? If you were to define your current level of effort as walking, what does it mean to run? How can you make that change? How can you generate that momentum and say, okay, this process, this strategy, this approach I've been taking isn't fun. It's exhausting. I'm annoyed. I keep giving up or giving in, taking time off, not seeing the results I want, resenting the journey. What does it look like to run for me? In my choices, what would that look like? A day of better effort, full effort, best effort. What does that look like? Define it and then execute. I would be a jerk to not mention that there is a flip side of this. And maybe that flip side is all in versus all off. Are you maybe trying to do too much and that isn't working? Are you looking for that quick fix that, oh, well, if I just do a five-day fast or a 20-day detox, but then you fail on that, you give up on that, So there's the flip side of some of you might be trying to take on too much. You have to figure out where you are. And if it's not working, change the game plan. So if doing too much and going too fast isn't working for you, try focusing on one thing and doing one thing right, one thing well, one at a time and putting your effort in there. Instead of focusing so much on pace, you focus on progress. You focus instead of doing on doing things fast, you focus on doing things really well, right? There were a couple other things in this email. And again, I'm going to link to the full email so you can see all 20 in the show notes for this episode over on primalpotential.com. But the others were, and I need to make a note to make this episode explicit because I'm about to read this one. If you have little ears listening, 
turn it down. You've been warm, uh, warned. But my other favorite one was, am I being an asshole? In other words, am I pointing out problems or am I finding solutions? So basically what he's saying here is, you're kind of just being a jerk when all you're doing is saying what's wrong, why it's hard, why it's difficult. Asking yourself in a moment, am I just being difficult, focusing on problems, or am I focused on solutions? This is what I always am redirecting my clients to. You can focus on the problem or you can focus on the solution, but chances are you can't do both. Another one that I really loved was winners focus on action, not consumption. And then he describes it. It's like dancing. You don't learn to dance by sitting at a bar creepily analyzing people's moves. You actually have to get up and give it a try. And I see this all the time where we want answers to all of our questions. So we read an article, we read a book, we listen to a podcast, but we don't do anything with it. Winners focus on action, not consumption. Instead of feeling like you need to know more to get results, ask yourself how you can do more and learn from what you do instead of learning from other people's opinions. I overheard a conversation at the gym today, I think, about how nutrition is so ambiguous and so conflicting and everywhere you turn, there's a different opinion. And I I wasn't a part of the conversation, so I didn't say anything. But I thought to myself, there might not be consensus on the internet, but your body always has an opinion. Yeah, you might be able to read whether or not you should eat dairy and have two different opinions on the internet, but your body is going to give you a very clear answer. Either it makes you feel great or it doesn't. Either it produces results for you or it doesn't. Either it gives you indigestion or headaches or whatever else or it doesn't. Your body has an answer for you. Your body isn't ambiguous. Your body is going to let you know what makes you feel great and what drives results and what doesn't. But ultimately, we learn from doing. Winners focus on action, not consumption. And then the third one that I wanted to share with you guys that really moved me from this list of success tips for smart people was the question, would I pay for this? And then Ramit says, next time you are binge watching something or screwing around on social media, ask yourself, is this something I enjoy so much that I would spend money on it? If not, find something you would. We waste a lot of time doing things that don't really matter to us, whether that's watching TV, browsing on social media, laying in bed, whatever it is, is it something you would pay for? Is it something you would spend your hard-earned money on? And if not, go do something that is valuable enough for you to you that you would pay for it. Would I pay for this? The way I'm spending my time right now, is this something that matters so much to me that I would spend my hard-earned money to do it. So I hope that gives you guys some things to think about. I certainly really loved the notion of if you are tired of walking, try running. Because a big trap we fall into is not trying hard enough so we don't see results. Then we get frustrated with our lack of results, so we try even less. It might be that the best strategy for you to try is as simple as putting more effort into it. Instead of talking yourself into how you need to be moderate so that you don't feel overwhelmed, you don't feel too restricted, 
Maybe you just need to go all in so that you can find that momentum, so that you can experience how good it feels to get great results. If you want to read all 20 of those tips, these are not my tips. They are from Ramit Sethi. These are just my thoughts on his tips. You can go over to the show notes on primalpotential.com. I think you'll find them really helpful. And I would love it if you would comment on the show notes page for this episode with, with which one you loved most. And more importantly, not just which one you loved the most, but what you're going to do about it, how you're going to use it to change your choices, to improve your actions or adjust your strategy. I told you guys at the end of today's episode, we're there already, making great time today. Uh, Sometimes it's not about length. It's about what you do with the information. Instead of just nodding and, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, yeah, that's good, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to let it inform your choices? But anyway, skincare. told you guys that I would answer some of the questions that I got about skincare. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago how I use Fatco products, F-A-T-C-O, on my skin. That's how I wash my face. And I use, the question that came most was, which products did you say? I use their cleansing oil and I use their miraculous face cream. Now, if you've never cleansed your face, washed your face with oil, it can be really weird to start with. So I got a lot of questions about how you, how that even works. Like, how do you cleanse your face with oil and do you feel greasy? Here's the way you do it. You start with dry skin. And this is what I do at night. So I only use the cleansing oil once a day at night. All right. So I usually have remnants of makeup on my face or even my face fully made up. When your skin is dry, you take a tiny amount, smaller than a dime of oil, and you rub it into your dry skin. All right. So I'll just do little circles with my fingers rubbing the oil. It's Fat Co cleansing oil. They have three different varieties. I use the type for normal to combination skin. Uh, But I rub it into my dry skin and then I take a washcloth and I run that washcloth under hot water, as hot as I can stand it. And then I wring it out and place it over my face. And it's going to steam your face a little bit, open up your pores. And when I notice that the heat is dissipated, usually after 15 to 20 seconds, I'll wipe it on my skin to get some of that oil off. It takes the makeup with it. And then I'll repeat that process three or four times. So run that washcloth. I don't add oil again. That only happens once. But I will run that that washcloth under the hot water again, wring it out, place it on my face, leave it there until it doesn't feel hot anymore, and then wipe it along my skin. Again, that's taking the oil and any dirt, makeup, etc. off. And I do that three or four times total, only applying the oil once. Then I dry my face and I add the Miraculous Face Cream. I will tell you, it was weird at first because I had always used foaming cleansers and it's very different. It's kind of like washing your hair for the first time with a sulfate-free shampoo and it doesn't get the same lather as sulfate-containing shampoos give you. And you're like, oh, I sort of associated with that foaming with cleansing. And it was weird for me at first, but I will tell you, my breakouts 
are basically gone with the exception of sometimes right before my menstrual cycle starts, I'll have one or two little blemishes here or there. But by and large, my skin is so much clearer using the oil cleanser. And I'm not associated with this company at all. Let's just be clear. Um, Fatco does not know I exist other than my regular sales. So they have toners and different things like that. I don't personally use the toner. I just use the cleansing oil and the Miraculous Face Cream. Everybody I know that has started using it since I've made the recommendation, including my mom, who is in her 60s, uh, and several friends of mine, freaking love it and say it's made a huge difference in their skin. I've noticed a difference in blackheads, in breakouts, in fine lines and wrinkles. Huge difference. And I get the two ounce bottle of the oil. It also comes in the four ounce, but I like the two ounce because I can easily travel with it. And it's a little expensive on the Fatco site, but it's way cheaper on Thrive Market. So, I mean, compared to, say, like Neutrogena, it's expensive. But compared to high-end skincare, it's not at all. What am I talking about? The two-ounce bottle of the cleansing oil on Thrive Market, it's only $11.49, $11.49. So we're not talking like three or four bucks like you might spend on Neutrogena. But, and I don't have anything against Neutrogena. It's just the example that popped into my head. So on the Fat Coast site, the two-ounce thing of oil is 14 bucks. But through Thrive Market, it's $11.49. And again, I like the two-ounce bottle because I can easily travel with it. And then the Miraculous Face Cream, one ounce on the Fat Co site is $28. But on Thrive Market, it's $18.29, almost $10 cheaper through Thrive Market. And they both last forever because you're really only using a tiny amount. So that is what I use for skincare. That is how I use it. Those are the benefits that I personally have seen. Keep in mind, if you go through thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential, those prices that I mentioned, you save an additional 25% off of that on your first order if you go through thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential. Plus, if it's your first order going through that link, you'll also get free shipping and a free 30-day trial membership. So that's the deal, Fatco. I'll also put those details in the show notes over on primalpotential.com. Have a great day, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.